Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Chaffet and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you with episode nine, right, Artie? Not episode, episode nine. nine. Wow, uh, we're almost in the double digits, y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you for bearing with us. We've we've really seen some uh, exciting growth in the podcast. We're glad that people are finally starting to listen, and um, we're, we're excited and. We, we want to hear from y'all. We want y'all to be a part of this growth with mm-hmm. us. We want to build a pirate army uh, that loves Pirate Nation, loves ECU athletics. Um, so thank y'all first and foremost for, for doing that. We've had our... And and just to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back, we're cranking these things out with with no live sports. Yeah, you know, with the I exception mean, of UFC last night, we you know we're we're, we're cranking these that. things out with no live sports. So um, that that's uh, we we really love doing these things for y'all. So we we hope you guys are appreciating it and 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 enjoying the content that that we, that we have for you. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been definitely probably one of the toughest things I've ever done. I I've created content before for sports and created content for my work. But never in my life have I created and created con- content about something that's not happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everything that I've ever done has been about something that's happening, something that we're forecasting or something like that. Right now, we can't really forecast anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- with that being said, the reason for no sports, we still got this coronavirus uh Thing going on. Mm. I'm ready for it to get its happy ass out of here. But it was ready a month ago, man. But already, with that being said, how how you doing during during this quarantine? I know you're still working. Yeah, still working. Um, you know, don't know what really day this is. Quarantine it, day, whatever. Yeah, it's like um, day. It's got to be like day sixty something. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I know a lot of states are starting to reopen. Um, I just caution people to you know don't get really gun ho. On going out, still and getting main, reckless, and you know, still, still maintain a social distance. Exactly. Uh, be be the one thing that I noticed. I went, I went into the grocery store yesterday, and the one thing that I noticed, man, was, I mean, going in, and I I told this to my to my wife. I told this to my family. I was like, I was in the grocery store. I mean, I was I was walking around. We were mm-hmm. we were getting some stuff for for Mother's Day uh, for dinner, and. Um, uh, I note I noticed for the first time in a long time. I'm not in I'm talking like before the coronavirus. This was I started actually paying attention to the people around me. Mm-hmm. Paying closer to attention to my immediate surroundings. Right. Looking mm-hmm. at okay, who's wearing a mask around me? Who's not? What Am I, am I making sure I'm staying six feet away right. from this person or that person? And Things that you never take, you know, took into account before. Exactly. It's and, what you're doing now. And I, I'm noticing that now, but, um, and I, I hope that eventually we can get back to a little bit more of a normal lifestyle where, where I don't have to be worried about somebody standing three feet behind me. Yeah. Which, which we look, we, we are going to get back to normalcy. We are going to get back to our everyday lives. I, you know, it's just, Right now, we still have a lot of cases. Right, still a lot of people getting sick. Still a lot of people passing, unfortunately, from this virus. Um, so right now, it's just you know making sure that we don't get gun ho on just returning back to normalcy all at once. I, I saw, it's, it's a it's a slow build, it's a slow grind. It's a I, marathon. I, I saw a video of people going into a mall in Charlotte, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding!" And me. it's like, "Come on, people, just let, let's just like you know, go, it's okay to go to the mall." But if you're going to go and you're going to stand in line at the mall, at least protect yourself and protect those around you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and 
maybe we're overreacting, but overreaction is a lot better than underestimating this thing. You know I, I, mean? I would rather, I would rather overreact and be completely wrong mm-hmm. than not take the necessary precautions to prevent to prevent you know, the, me getting sick. Not only me, but me getting somebody at my work sick, me right. getting my family sick. And then because if it just be, spreads, that's how it spreads. And, and if I were to be completely honest with you, if I were to get it, do I necessarily believe I'm going to die from it? No, I, I think I'm in a pretty good bill of health. Right. I think I'm young enough to be able to, to fight this and, and get over it. But I also know that I have aunts and uncles and I have people older than me. I have people I care about with pre-existing conditions that can still get this, can still pass from this. So that's why I have been extra cautious. Not, not just for myself. It's for other people. That's the main right. thing. Exactly, but um, now that we've got our weekly coronavirus <laughs> talk out of the way, I, we I, I put a rule. My, my wife and I have put a rule on not talking about the coronavirus, and, and you shouldn't. It's been here for for this. You know, I mean, we all we all like, know what's going on. Like it's it's the same old news. It's, it's the old saying. I mean, a lot a lot of guys that if you've ever been in the military, you know this. One of the common sayings that you hear when you're there is. Same shit, different day. Right. And right now, that, that that's the world we're living in. Same shit, different day. Just somebody comes out with something different every single day. Somebody says something, and it gets somebody riled up every single day. It's, I, I'm tired of it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to go home tonight. I'm going to watch the KBO. It's the <laughs> only live sports on, so I'm going to do that. But I'm tired of talking about, tired of listening about, oh, the coronavirus, this, this, and this. But I get the ne- I get the necessary reasons behind mm-hmm. why we're doing that, while we're talking about, while we're listening about it, while people are talking about it nonstop on the news. It it's major, mm-hmm. but but I'm tired of it. I'm ready for it to end, but it's not going to end until we take care of ourselves, take care of our surroundings, and do what we need to do. So, if you're listening to this, we hope you're social distancing. Grab a cold beer. We're gonna, we have a nice conversation today. We haven't even talked about who our guest is today. Right. We've got former cornerback, former cornerback at ECU, Deshaun Amos. Deshaun Amos on. Coming on the podcast later on. Um, really great interview. We talked to him for about 30 minutes. Um, it's going to be a, a fun interview. Um, he's got some really great insight into mm-hmm. the, his time in the program, his, his experience going into the CFL, then – Going back to the NFL, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for all of you to hear that. Um, but I just wanted to let y'all all know, kind of as we st- get started with this podcast, we're at about seven minutes in. Um, this this podcast will be a little bit of a shorter one. Um, we we it's Mother's Day. We want to spend time with our moms. So um, enjoy it. Listen to it. Tell your mom we said Happy Mother's Day. Tell her uh, thank you for creating a pirate <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so today's going to be a, a, a shorter podcast. But um, Ari, what's, what's going on in what's going on in in the realm of ECU sports? Yeah, you know, switching gears over to to ECU sports and got some bad news, don't we? Yeah, you know, you know, going from the COVID thing to you know more bad news, but but it's going to get better. This is um, the third player recently uh, to be released off of ECU's football roster, Chance Purvis. Damn, um, I did not know. All the details that went into why he was released. I had heard about it, but I didn't really know any of the details. And I'm looking at it right now. 
um, two felony charges, um, second degree kidnapping, breaking and entering. Um, I don't really know what's going on with that situation. Um, and he's, like I said, he's one of three players, um, recently that have been released, you know, obviously the, the other two, uh, we had Cortez Heron and then what was the Daniel other Charles, one? Daniel, Daniel Charles. Charles. Now the, the interesting thing about this and I'll, and I'll tie, tie this back into my, my overall point. Um, these guys are, are, are starters. I mean, yeah, Cortez yeah. Heron was a senior offensive lineman, right? Yeah. Uh, Daniel Charles was a starting ECU safety. Yep. For us. And, you know, um, Chance Purvis is is someone who has started for us the last couple years. Yeah. It was going to be the only returning defensive lineman on our defense. Right. To really be a, a, a leader and an, and, an, and an edge force rusher. Um, and and it's unfortunate, but what I will say and what I, what I really appreciate and respect about Coach Houston is that he's – it doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter what you've done for the program. ECU football and the culture around ECU football has no room for knuckleheads. Right. And exactly. I appreciate him relaying that message to everybody, not, not just throughout the locker room, but on campus. ECU football is about their business. They are about going out and winning football games. We don't have time for all the outside unnecessary knucklehead stuff that goes on I 100% outside agree. of the program. And and although we have lost three key guys that have contributed to this team over the last couple of years, um, he's trying to implement a true culture. Right. You know, you're going to bring your lunch pail, you're going to bring your hard hat, and we're going to get to work. And we're not going to deal with all this outside negativity. And, and, and a lot of these guys, they come from backgrounds that you and I didn't have to experience growing up, and I yep. and I want to highlight that. I don't want to. I don't want to just gloss over it. Exactly, um, but at the same time, you signed a contract when you came to ECU. You mm-hmm. may, it may not have been for money, but you made a promise that I'm going to come here. I'm going to work hard for this institution. I'm going to get my degree first and foremost. But I'm student, also going. Go ahead. I, I want to say like the one thing that always stuck with me when when I, even when I was playing sports in middle school. And I was trying out for a baseball team or whatever. I, I remember the baseball coach at my middle school tryouts. Look at us. Look at all of us. We were in seventh grade. That was the first year of middle school b- baseball. Mm-hmm. I remember him looking at every single kid in that room and looking at us and with the most serious tone said, y'all are all athletes, mm-hmm. but you're students too. You're student athletes. Right. He said, remember this. You're a student before you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. So that, that's always stuck with me. And, I mean, that's what these guys are. They're, exactly. They're student athletes. They're student athletes. They're there to get their education. They're there that way. Because, I mean, yeah, they're there to play football. And a lot of them will tell you that. I'm here because I want to play football. I want to play football at the next level. But the sad part about it is, and we kind of, we'll talk a little bit about it in our interview with Deshaun Amos, mm-hmm. I mean, a kid's dream that's playing football, his dream is to get drafted. Right. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. You've got... Not a lot, most. Um, most of the time yeah, that does not happen. I mean, you got you got almost 100 guys on a on a single roster. Yeah. Most guys that play D1 football, that's it. And, and then you've got 255 spots in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so, I mean, these guys, they, they, not only as a coach preparing them for their football career. Right. But they're preparing them for life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mike Houston has built a really good relationship with 
these three players, but he knows that they 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 know that they've made a mistake now. Mm-hmm. And but, it's it's a certain tough love that they need. Right. You know, it's and, a certain tough love that they might not have gotten before. And who 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 knows? Hopefully like I saw Cortez Heron, he's he's in the transfer portal now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully he can get a second chance somewhere. All three of these guys. I'm rooting for all three but, of these guys. But this will be the kick in the ass that says, okay, you need right. to get your head on straight no matter what it is. You've got a great opportunity to have – I mean, if somebody would have said, hey, this is all you need to do to have your education paid for, mm-hmm. guess what? Sign me up. I don't care. Sign me up. Because like you said, for a lot of these guys, it's just about playing football. And what Coach Houston is here for is, is, is to give them the big picture. Right. You know, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing your family, yep. the neighborhood that you came from, and your university, your institution. That's, that's what you are truly representing. And, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, don't get the tough love that they need. And, and I, I'm, I'm appreciative and I respect that Coach Houston is, has the wherewithal to be like, okay, yes, this, this is going to hurt our football team in the immediate because we could use yep. these guys' talent. But I have to show them that kind of tough love to kind of get them back on the straight and narrow on the right path to set up their life, not just their football journey, but their life going forward. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. That, that's something that I don't think we really had under Coach Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, we had it a little bit under rough, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as, there, there was a little bit of an issue with that under coach Roth mm-hmm. and under coach Mo. That's kind of been a constant thing in recent history Right, is guys getting in trouble. But now we finally got somebody that will say, look, this is my team. This is how you're going to play on my team. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of it, this, this is, is you'll, this you'll is abide it. by my rules. Right. If you don't, there's the door. That, and that's what Coach Houston is saying, and I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. So I, I heard that Coach Houston listened to some of our recent episodes. Yeah, I heard he was on a golf course. I, I heard he was on a golf <laughs> when course. He, he a a to little us. birdie told us that he was on a golf course and uh, listening to the podcast, so we'll have to get him on. But Absolutely, and we appreciate um, that, Coach Houston. But we once again, we appreciate the hard love, the tough love, we we appreciate that you're molding these young men to become great citizens mm-hmm. and be great people. Because it's always going to be bigger run. than football. Exactly. Yeah. Football's a game, and any sport's a game. If you're lucky enough to play it and make money off of it, congratulations. Mm-hmm. But it's a game. So, but... Artie, we, we also have some better news. We, we got some good news, y'all. Yeah, we promise you we got good news today. Yeah, so <laughs> good news. Uh, if you haven't seen, ECU just got a huge, and when I say huge, I mean huge. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't impeach me, Artie. Um, <laughs> uh, no promises. Yeah, so we've got a huge transfer uh, coming into ECU. He is a graduate transfer out of the University of Alabama, mm-hmm. Tuscaloosa. Roll damn tide. I'm kidding. Don't roll tide. I don't care. Uh, Nigel Knott, cornerback. Uh, he played uh, 10 of 12 games, I believe, what, in, in 2018. In I think. 2018. Last so year, t- he was injured. So, two years ago, he, he was injured. Uh, but, I mean, he was on that national championship team a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um He's got a lot of rings at Alabama. So he was there for four years. It, it, it's really cool. It's really cool to 
that he's chosen to come to ECU as a graduate. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited about this, Artie, because as you and I were talking before we started recording today, mm-hmm. we were talking about this guy coming in, committing to ECU, transferring from Alabama, and it's not often that ECU lands one of these guys, right? So, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, I want to give a shout out first and foremost to like Coach Weaver, mm-hmm. defensive backs coach. Uh, Coach Blake Harrell, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, absolutely former guest. Um, great job, y'all! Because this is this is a big time get. This guy was a four star coming out of high school in Mississippi. Um, I mean, he he was making waves in Alabama, playing games under Nick Saban and in that defense. And I mean, you go to Alabama and you're a four star recruit. Mm-hmm. You get a scholarship from Bama. You're a good player. You know, somebody like him is is back in high school. We we call him a locker room changer. We had a we had a quarterback from Texas that transferred to our high school, and he was you know a, a four star kind of guy coming out of kind of coming out of Texas, coming into our high school in his senior year, um, and he was he was a locker room changer. He was used to winning. Losing was not something that was a part of his vocabulary. He was used to having that go get it win at all costs mentality. And that's why the coaches said he's a locker room changer because he's going to come into that locker room. He's going to change the mentalities of the guys around him. A lot of our defensive guys, they kind of have a losing mentality because they're not used to being one of the top tier and one of the better defenses in the country, actually bottom tier. This is a guy that's coming from a top five defense every year, no matter what. Um, and so I, I, I appreciate that he'll immediately, maybe not on the field immediately, but or he will be you know able to play immediately. But, just what he'll bring to the locker room, just that that we're gonna win. I don't know what you guys do, but we, where I come from, we win. Right, and that's just the mentality that we have to have. My my, the thing that excites me the most is Coach Houston, uh, Coach Harrell, Coach Weaver, all those guys on the defensive side of the ball. Those coaches, they've been building something over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a young core. It's a young core on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got Jaquan McMillan. Who's coming in? And uh, I mean, he, he he's going to be a good he's going to be good in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But adding this guy in the secondary, this guy that's seen it all, played for a national championship team, played yep. in the SEC, yep. coming in to kind of like you said, mentor these guys and say, look, mm-hmm. we're going to be a winning football team, but it's got to stop start with us. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it in the interview with Deshaun Amos coming up here in a little bit about how, I mean, the the offense last year, we scored enough points to win ball games. We scored plenty of points. But our defense right. just wasn't but strong if, enough. if you're giving up 30 a game, 35 a game on defense, you can't expect to have a good, good, good record. You right. just can't. So I'm hoping that this could be the, that piece mm-hmm. that l- turns that tide and – that's no pun intended. And sometimes that's, that's – <laughs> so, but, you know, but sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes the talent is there. They just need that extra little oomph, that extra yep. little motivation to kind of say, hey, you can really compete with these other, other, other guys out here. You know, you don't have to just, oh, man, we're playing Virginia Tech today. Or we're playing Carolina today. Yada, Fuck yada, Virginia yada. Tech. <laughs> yeah, you can – you know, he might be the guy to say, hey, you know, you, you guys can really play with these guys. Act like it. So – Yep. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that – I'm excited to see him come in and play. Um, he has in. He had an injury at Alabama, and that kind of cut his career there short. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctors did say like it probably wasn't good for his health to play football again 
but who knows? We've seen crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he can come back and he's healthy, then we'll hopefully we'll see a immediate impact on right. ECU's defensive side of the ball. And and I will say I don't I don't know exactly what his injury was. I, I probably looked on six or seven different websites. They did not say what his specific injury was, which kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but yes, if he's healthy, um, the sky's the limit. It, it really is. And I, I wouldn't think that. I mean, he's got he's got to clear his physical mm-hmm. to play football with ECU. So I mean, if his physical comes back dirty, and it's a negative in the sense of he something's still wrong with him, mm-hmm. then I mean, hopefully the I mean the ECU training staff. The medical staff, we've got a great medical staff at ECU. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to, okay, man, it's it's probably not in your in the cards for you. But hopefully that's not the case. I'm sure that he's had some doctor somewhere telling him, hey, you can come back, you can play. It's okay for you to play. I mean, you look at Davon Grayson a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, he I went mean, through the gauntlet when he, it came to he had he had injuries. several issues. Yeah. It was a it. All I know is it was a back injury, mm-hmm. right? And I'll say that knowing what the injury was and after talking to people close to the situation, knowing what the injury was, I'm I'm surprised he was able to come back and play. But finally, I mean, they basically told him the same thing. Hey, you're probably not going to play football again. Well, then he came back his senior year and was able to play a little bit more and finish out his degree. Um, so – that that was nice to see, and hopefully um, we can have a similar experience with Nigel, Nigel. coming mm-hmm. in. So, uh, but we wanted to welcome you, Nigel, to ECU. Welcome uh, to Power Nation, man. We're we're, we're excited to have you here. Um, but talking about cornerbacks, Artie, we have a great one. We do. We have a great one, and we had a very very good interview with this man right here. Yeah. So um, I say, Artie, without further ado. Let's pass it on over to our man, Deshaun Amos, now Green Bay Packer, former ECU Pirate. Here he is, our interview with Deshaun Amos. Thank you. So this week on the Boneyard Podcast, we have a former ECU cornerback. He was an undrafted free agent of the New York Giants in 2017. He spent two years, the last two years, in the CFL with the Calgary Stampeders. Last year, he was a CFL All-Star, so a CFL All-Star in 2019. And then recently in January, he signed with the Green Bay Packers. Deshaun Amos, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. Uh, how's it going, man? Going good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man. It's, the pleasure's all ours. Uh, so, kind of looking back, looking at your road to, to the NFL, I mean, you, you come out of – Virginia, you come to ECU. What, what was your first thoughts when you when you got to ECU? What, what was kind of the thing that kind of stood out to you? Oh man, um, just like everybody else in in the country knows, uh, Ruffin McNeil and the way he recruits is is amazing. Man, he makes everything feel like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of has that father figure type of type of uh, vibe to him. So. Um, I kind of knew what to expect, you know, going to going to uh, Greenville just because he was a, a product of ECU as well. But, you know, getting there and seeing <clears throat> how much of a town it was, how much of a town Greenville was, and how much, you know, ECU fueled Greenville, um, 
you know, just having that, I felt like I found a gym, you know, kind of sort of just like a hidden gym. And um, it was just somewhere where I seen that, you know, it wasn't too big, but it wasn't too small. Uh, wasn't too far from home, you know, close enough but far enough away to kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I just seen yeah. a place where I could grow and, and continue my career. Definitely. And so you, you talk about a place that you could grow, a place that uh, you could start your career. Now, looking back, what was the what was the number one reason that you chose to come to ECU over over some of the other places that you were looking at? Um, man, it's funny because I was actually a baseball guy uh, okay. coming okay. out of high school. Did not know that. Yeah, so I was a late bloomer in football. Um, and basically, I played three sports: I played baseball, basketball, football. And as of my senior year, I was only left with football. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, being injured halfway through my, my junior year, separating my shoulder, you know, a lot of colleges didn't have a lot of film on me. So, um, you know, a lot of the schools were basically like, hey, you know, we, we like you, but we just haven't seen enough uh, of you. Um, so, you know, they were offering me a lot of preferred walk-on things. So, um, so for one, the other scholarships were kind of smaller schools, you know, um, that didn't mean that, you know, it wasn't a great opportunity or they weren't great, great schools with great programs. But um, the fact that ECU, you know, were on a larger scale, uh, the, the level of comp- competition was higher. Um, I just seen it as a challenge, you know, and a challenge uh, adding that on to, like I said, the atmosphere and the environment that, that Greenville had and, and the football program had. It was almost a no-brainer for me, man. Like I said, with me being a, a, a late bloomer, uh, it was a great, a great opportunity with a full scholarship. You know, save my parents a lot of money and go to a great school with, like I said, a great football program. Hell yeah! And um, so you come out of ECU and you you're an undrafted free agent going to the Giants. Um, but I I, I kind of have the sense that anytime you're an undrafted free agent, especially when you had a college career like yourself, um, you're you're expecting to get drafted. You're, I mean. That that's kind of I mean that's been your dream, right? Right. But at ECU, we all know that the ECU athletes, ECU fans, ECU students, alumni, they all have a chip on their shoulder. Is that something you you felt when you were in Greenville? Oh, for sure, man, for sure. Um, it was kind of actually something that I learned uh, just growing up as a kid. Um, I've never been, uh, you know, the biggest, the the strongest, the fastest. You know, I, I was always you know, I've, I've been blessed with some great abilities, you know, natural abilities with, with having speed and things like that. But there's always been someone faster than me, someone bigger than me, someone stronger than me. So um, I kind of grew up learning to have that chip on my shoulder and, um, you know, just, just to have an underdog mindset, you know. Um, and it's helped me in a, in a way of being able to stay humble and um, staying hungry as well. So, um, you know, getting to, to Greenville, was, it was almost natural at that point. And it was just – it was a good feeling to, to be around a bunch of people with the same mindset as far as that underdog, you know, chip on the shoulder type of play. Mm-hmm. You know, when it came to playing, you know, all of the ACC schools and eventually playing Florida in the bowl game, you know, you didn't really have to explain, you know, how to go into those games because everybody already had it, you know, almost naturally built into them. So, um, leaving out of there, like I said, at that point it was, it was second nature and being undrafted, you know, like you said, it was a dream to be drafted. Everybody wants to be drafted, but reality is, um, you know, everybody won't be and can't be. So, um, like I said, it was, it was one of those things where it was like, a, 
you know, half and half, you know, suck not to be drafted and be on the TV and all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. um, just being able to be picked, you know, and to, to be able to further my career to a professional, you know, level was a blessing in itself. And I knew I was going to have to go in and work regardless. So, um, like you said, just kept that chip on my shoulder and, and took it on head on. And, you know, Deshaun, that, that leads into, into my question. You know, when you went to Calgary, um, you started off on the, on the practice squad. And, and right. in, over the course of one season, you went from practice squad to starter uh, to all-star over the course of, of, of one season. So what was that switch for you, you know, from your first year in Calgary to your second year, really, you know, becoming your own special kind of football player? What, what, what would you say was the switch? Um, it's funny. The switch had nothing to do with Calgary, actually. Okay. The switch for me was being released from New York. Um, the time in between being released from New York and actually making the decision to go to Canada. Um, it was, you know, it's a, it's a long period of time, but, uh, just everything that I learned in that period of time made me a better, a better man and a better football player. Um, just being off of the field. Um, I learned so much about myself that, you know, when it came to playing football, it just made football that much more important, that much more enjoyable. And um, it just allowed me to go out there and be myself a little bit more. Um, I worked in places that I never thought I would work. I worked mm-hmm. in a group home, and I sold jury in the jury department at Macy's, you know, the last thing that I thought I would be doing. Um, you know, while at home, you know, I got back active in my church, um, ended up receiving the Holy Ghost and things like that. And um, like I said, I just found myself. I found who I really was. I defined mm-hmm. myself in that time period. And, um, you know, they say you, you never know what you got until it's gone. You know, so being cut from New York um, kind of put a little bit more emphasis on on how how good of an opportunity, how blessed of an opportunity it is to be able to play football at a professional level. So when I when I made the decision to go to Calgary, you know, I knew, I knew what needed to be done. You know, I, I had everything pretty much, uh, you know, set out in front of me. And I, I had a goal in mind. And when I got there, the coaches and um, the old guys there, they, you know, they brought me in. They put me under their wings and they taught me the game because, of course, there's an adjustment. Um, and from there, I just applied what I already had and, and applied it to the game. And uh, All-Star came out of it. And, and, you know, last season, you know, you definitely had a, had a great season. Uh, with Calgary and and you know what went into or I guess you know how did you get the opportunity to get back into the NFL with the Packers and what kind of let you know led to the decision okay I'm I'm ready to leave Canada I've done enough here I want to I want to give another crack at it in the NFL what kind of led to that um so first of all my agent uh Christian Kranz he was actually it's funny uh my freshman year he was on the equipment uh Mm -hmm. team for ECU oh wow that's, that's how I originally uh met him and he came back around. Uh, he left and went to NC uh, State, but came back around my senior year, and he had contacted me. And at first, I was like, man, this, this name rings a bell. But when we actually met in person, I was like, oh, man. You know, and um, just from him being on that staff, I knew what kind of person he was because uh, Ruff didn't hire anybody that didn't meet the standard, you know, or, or mm-hmm. didn't didn't uh, fall into the culture. So, um, you know, I already knew he was a great person, but uh, he's a hard worker. You know, just like me, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of a younger agent. So um, him not having as much experience and things that, you know, people saying that you absolutely need, he kind of had that chip on his shoulder just like I did. So our mm-hmm. stories kind of matched up. And, um, you know, after we, we sat down and we spoke, of course, we went through all, all the, the little things. But, you know, I signed him and, and he's been 
going to bat for me ever since. Um, so he, he told me what to do. You know, when I got to Canada, he was like, you know, this first year, you only got a month left in, in the season, but you're on a two-year contract, you know. So, hey, we need to get you activated, do what you got to do, show them you can play to where they activate you this year. Um, and then, you know, that's one year out of your, out of your contract, basically mm -hmm. off of just being there for a month. Um, and then we'll basically be on a one-year contract. You go go in that second year, you know, you start, you ball, you know, teams are going to be looking for you. Um, and like I said, that's what happened, man. I ended up getting all-star and shoot right after it, you know, teams were hitting him up. You know, he got some film from the CFL. He sent them out to all 32 teams. He contacted everybody. Some teams were hitting him up. And um, from there, we ended up getting, you know, several workouts. Um, and, you know, it was it, at that point, it was just showing teams what I can do um, in person rather than on film and seeing who had the most interest and seeing who just felt felt like it was the best fit. And uh, Green Bay ended up being that team. Awesome. It's, it's, I was just going to say, it's great to hear the, the ECU ties in that, that kind of led to that comeback surge in the NFL. That's, that's love hearing that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And kind of, kind of switching gears, but also staying in the CFL. We, uh, I mean, as as you know, Jordan Williams just got taken first overall mm -hmm. in the yeah. CFL draft. Have you have you talked to him at all? Uh, oh, I haven't, man. I haven't. I haven't. I actually need to reach out to him. Um, but I was, man, I was overly excited for him because um, my agent kind of, you know, he had he had a, uh, you know, talked to Jordan, and he had spoke to me. He was like, man, you know, Jordan's eligible for the for the you know Canadian draft. I'm like, what, man? It's <laughs> it's funny how they can find out that you know you're you have whatever percentage Canadian in you and you're eligible for the gra uh, draft. But um, like I said, overly excited for that man. Um, he's a great football player. He's a great guy. So mm -hmm. um, just, just happy that he was able to get that, that, ex uh, that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And uh, kind of looking at, at your career, we, we, uh, as we talked about off air, um, we, we talked with Worth Gregory recently and he was talking about, how great of a guy you were, and how how uh, how how you kind of embodied the the spirit of a of a pirate and of a true pirate. Um, what does it mean for you to say, "Yeah, I'm an ECU pirate. I, I I'm an ECU alum." What does that mean to you? Well, first, I want to publicly thank my guy Worth for uh, his kind words, uh, but. Um, just being a pirate, man, it's just um, – it's, it's so many words to be able to explain it. But uh, to me, I would just say um, just standing on what you believe in, man, um, believing in what's right, um, having integrity to do the right thing at all times. Um, being you, having fun being you, though, you know, um, knowing that, you know, you're worth it. You know, your value is, is, is high. You know, it's not based off of – uh, other other places that may have or other people that may have these big names or whatever the case may be. You know, it kind of gave me the the confidence that you can be an underdog and still be a top dog at the same time. Um, and just like I said, man, just just being that being a great person, you know, helping others, um, performing at the top level. Um, man, it's like I said, so many words, man. Um, Oh, man, I'm, it, I'm thinking of like a million yeah. words. But uh, like I said, the, the main thing I would say is just uh, standing on what you believe in, like I said, and and um, just being that great person no matter what, uh, being able to face adversity, uh, you know, when you're struck with hard times and 
still be able to continue to rise, you know, no, no matter how many times you're knocked down, but to be able to, you know, keep that resilience and, and, and keep, keep pressing on. Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw that, I saw that you recently talked to the, uh, you talked to the ECU team this week, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I did the DBs. Yeah. You, you talked, you talked to the DB group and um, what, what was something that kind of stood out to you when you, when you had a chance to talk to them this week? Um, it's a group of guys that, that, that are willing to, to listen. They're willing to learn. Mm-hmm. They're willing to work. Um, and, and they're, they're looking for that leadership and they have a great leader in, in coach Tripp Weaver. Um, he was actually a guy that helped my transition from high school to college tremendously. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad he's back in the building for sure. But, um, like I said, just, just a group of guys that are willing to work, willing to do whatever needs to be done to win to get the culture back to how it was. Uh, they definitely, definitely are, are, um, very hungry to get, get us back to top 25, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the conversation, ECU football. And um, like I said, they're, they're just looking for it. They're hungry for it. Um, so they're taking it all in, and, and, and they're ready to play. They're ready to play at a high level. And um, like I said, it's just it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I, I think it's very, very important, you know, for, for guys like you and other, you know, great former ECU defensive players to come back and talk to these guys. You know, the last couple of years, our defense really hasn't been where it needs to be and where it should be. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's definitely important for you guys to come back and speak to those guys and kind of instill confidence a little bit, let them know how, how, how it used to be and how it should be. Um, right. But kind of a, a, a random moment here. One of the highlights of my uh, time at ECU, 2013. Okay, I was going to ask him about it. The end of uh, the Tulsa game. <laughs> you have a 100-yard interception return. I, I remember it just like it was yesterday. For a touchdown and – I think that would either tie the school record or is a school record yeah, I mean, for the longest interception return in ECU history. Take us back to that moment, though. How 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 was that? Um, so man, that uh, it was a very special moment for me because uh, you know, my first year, you know, being 2013 with a red shirt, mm-hmm. um, you know, my role on the field was special teams and nickel. Um, and, you know, with the score being what it was and the game basically almost being over, um. They put me in that corner, you know, uh, just give me some rest there, give me some experience um, with that, you know, that last two-minute drive type of thing. And, um, man, it was going so fast for me because, I, you know, like I said, I was a third down package kind of guy. So mm-hmm. having to play those base calls um, and with the two-minute, you know, stuff, everything was going fast. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they get down to the, you know, to the goal line and I knew that they were they were going pass heavy. Um and shoot, coach called a great call. Um, I was actually technically I was in the wrong spot, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was in the wrong spot, but I was just playing football at that point. And uh, it was tipped by by my guy Dayon Pratt. Uh, we call him Sticks. It was it was tipped by him, and from there, you know, it was, it was ball in the air, uh, take it. And um, it was now that I look at it, it was kind of bad that I ran it back. It was kind of <laughs> unprofessional. Nah, um, <laughs> but um, but nah, man. I was just playing football, and I was just I was just playing ECU football. You know, just knowing that when the ball was in my hand, you know, try to score, try to do what you need to do to help the team. And you know, like I said, I didn't, I hadn't thought of it in that in that sense, being so young. So you know, when I caught it and I seen green, the only thing mm-hmm. that you know came to my head was go. You know, I never thought <laughs> it or anything like that. So uh, I just knew run. I ran as fast as I could. I was didn't look back. And I actually thought I was getting ready to get caught at about, I'd say, like the 40, the opposite 40. 
um, it's just weird how you can feel, you know, feel something. And uh, that was actually around the time where uh, someone had dove in my legs. But once I felt uh, someone's hand, you know, kind of grazed the back of my heel, I knew that was the last person. And um, shoot, from there, man, I took it in. and I, It didn't hit me until afterwards, after the dog pile and all that good stuff. Yeah. It didn't after that when um, Reese Wiggins, a receiver that we had, um, he came up to me. He was like, hey, man, you know you just ran yourself in the record books, right? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? And I was, you know, it hit me, and I was like, oh, man, like, that's crazy. But yeah. uh but yeah, man, that's that that was that was I felt like that was the first um kind of impression of, you know, who Deshaun Amos was at ECU right. and made a name for myself and that was part of the reason why I kept number thirty nine because mm-hmm. at that point, you know, I didn't I made a name for myself with that number. I didn't want to change it and wanted to keep it, yeah. And go back on yeah, and go back on what I did. So Yeah, I mean um, yeah. It, it, the way that they count it in the in the college ranks is anything returned from the end zone is 100 yards. 100, mm-hmm. yeah. But yep. if, if you were to do that in the NFL, that would have probably gone for – that would have probably gone for 105, 106 yep. yard yeah. return. Because yep. you, you weren't just in the end zone, like on the edge. You were like deep, deep in the end zone. zone. <laughs> you, right. I, I remember I was – I was going to ask, I wonder if he got gas. You know, you got to run 105, 106 yards. I mean, no that was adrenaline, game. man. So, that was adrenaline. I, but, especially I, at the end of the game. I, I, Afterwards, I definitely felt it just because, like I said, we were in the two minute, and it was it was crazy because right before that, I think we either got like an injury timeout or something to where I had a little bit of time to catch my breath. Mm-hmm. But uh, I needed every little bit of it with that run, and then afterwards with the dog pile, all the guys been on me, I feel like I was gonna pass out. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I remember it plain as day. Uh, I was sitting on the other other side because you called it in the boneyard. And, yep, uh, yep. and I, yep. I, I was sitting on like the goal line basically. And I just remember watching you. Like, I was like, he, he's going to knee it right there. Like, that's <laughs> book it. And then <laughs> he just off, booked it. Off you go. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> watch that man run. Definitely yeah, one of the I, best defensive plays I had seen I in college. Him, uh, Absolutely. I, I disguised it and I told the reporters that it was, a, uh, it was a gift from me to the fans that stayed for the entire game. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that that was good. I I, I had that written down here to ask that question, mm-hmm. so I'm glad you did, Artie. Um, so going, kind of talking about that ECU mentality that we were talking about earlier. You yep. you, you kind of said something that I found interesting, and um, I, I actually had it written down in my notes to ask you. So you talk about bringing back that culture that from from those 2013 2014 teams that winning mentality, that, that culture that was built around Ruffin McNeil, around Shane Carter, and around Zay Jones, around a guy like yourself. Uh, what can other former players do to either give back or to really instill that same culture again in the ECU football program? Um, I think it just starts off more so just um, being, being an open resource. Um, you know, having having guys that – or younger guys that are there now feel feel like they they can without hesitation reach out to us for any advice or anything like that. Um, I think that's where it starts. Um, like I told those DBs, I was like, "Look, man, like you guys, you know, they they got my social media and things like that." And I was like, "If you ever need you know a question, or if you ever if there's ever anything, if you want to talk or anything like that, just you know hit me up and 
you know, I'm willing to willing to share, you know, what I had. And of course, like I said, times aren't they're not the same. So of course things are gonna have to adjust. But um the more we can do to to pour what we what we brought to the table into those younger guys, the 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 more similar it will be to when we were there. Um uh, so just being able to be an open resource, uh being you know, kind of a sense of a mentor in a way. Um but there's a thin line, you know, because you don't want to step on the toes of the coaches and the guys that right. are there. Um, but just those things that they can't go to their coaches and, and other people for, you know, giving them that resource to say, hey, look, you can come to me for whatever you can't go to them for, you know. And, um, you know, there's a lot of coaches there that are looking for the same answers, you know, because they weren't there either. So um, they're asking, like, hey, what did you do with this? How did y'all go about this? Um that made y'all more of a brotherhood or how did y'all go about this that made y'all more uh, this way or that way. So um, just being able to be, like I said, a resource, being able to be available um, when people are, have those questions to fill in those voids that will will get us back to where we were. Um, I feel like, you know, when, when people feel that we're available and they can come to us for those things, then, you know, the, we feel more spaces that, that are, that are empty right now. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that that's the one thing that I see that that may be lacking. And hopefully, hopefully the new coaching staff, the the new um, defensive coordinator, Blake Carroll, he was he was on the podcast recently. Um, I, I'm hoping that they can really instill that culture. And I mean, you mentioned Trip Weaver, right? I mean, he he was there during those years. So um, now that he's back, it, it's it's nice to see that okay, we're starting to go in the right direction now. One other question I had, um, kind of talking about ECU and the former success, what what would you say from a pure football standpoint, what's something that maybe looking at from last year to this year is something that you're looking forward to ECU improving on on the field? Um, I'm a defensive guy, so I would say defense. Um yeah. I've seen a few games at times where we, we definitely put up enough points to win the game. Um, so in that in that case, you know, if your office puts up 30, then that's more than enough points to be able to win a game, you know. Um, our offense can only score if we make mistakes. So mm-hmm. if you if you allow an offense to score over 30 points, whatever the case may be, you got you have to reflect on the, the mistakes that you're making. Um so I would just say, you know, whatever it is, because I'm not there on campus, so I don't know what the, the little details are, but mm-hmm. um, just seeing a little bit more focus, uh, focus on the little things that will help them, you know, not make as many mistakes and, and, and grow and uh, be able to play better, play faster, and make more plays, um, because we have a bunch of talent. You know, it's a bunch of talent. You can see that. It's not a lack of talent. Uh, it's just it, the mistakes that we make that's, that's really killing us right now. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like offensively, we've kind of haven't really dipped too, too much uh, in the last few years. But, you know, defensively, you know, giving up, you know, 35, 40 points a game just is not going to cut it. So I, I definitely couldn't agree with you more on just, you know, right. sh- sharpening the tools, you know, and, and, and kind of getting back to what we used to be uh, as far as ECU defensive strategy goes. Right. Yeah. And – I mean that that that's really I mean that's all I've got. We have one other question for you though, Deshaun. All right. Gotcha. The, have you listened to any of the other episodes yet? I have not, not yet. Okay, well, 
you, you need to go back and listen to those just like everybody else. But, <laughs> but I, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. This is the hardest question we've asked every all, single All guest. of our guests. Hardest question. Okay. Uh, okay. It's going to be random for sure. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll give, we'll get, we'll even give you a couple seconds to think about it. I'm okay. ready. All right. So you're in Greenville. You come back. Right. Maybe you come back. Uh, Packers are playing in Carolina on Thursday night. I don't know. Let's just say that that's the case. Okay. 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 You get into, you get into Carolina a little bit early. You're, you're able to go to a game on a Thursday night in Dowdy Ficklin. Yeah. Okay. You, you raise the no quarter flag. ECU goes on to a victory that everybody goes out to the bar, has a good time. It's around two thirty, three o'clock. It's time to go back to the back to the place to to sleep, right? But you're hungry. Uh-huh. But you're hungry. <laughs> okay. I think you know where right. this is going. So <laughs> yeah. you, you leave the bar and you go to a different bar called Sup Dogs, right? Easy. Easily. All right. So when you walk into Sup Dogs and you, you kind of see it, you, you see the bars packed, everybody's happy after a big win. They've been tailgating all day. Uh-huh. You walk into Sup Dogs, you walk up to the bar and you're ready to order. What is your order? <laughs> Tough question, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the fry burger. Oh, the world classic bacon the- cheese fry burger. Okay, yeah, okay. So okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with the fry burger with tots, of course. Got to get okay. the tots. Absolutely. Uh, sup sauce on the side, um, and then I will get whatever hot dog it is. I'm in the mood for. Okay. I'll definitely add a dog, but the hot dog, it, it just depends on what kind of day, what kind of mood, what kind of night I had. <laughs> the dog can change. That's the variable in the, in the situation. But you see, every, everybody's going for the fries too. I'm happy you said tots. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tots guy. So I'm, I'm happy you, see, you, you went with the tots, man. What I'm thinking is I already have the fries on the burger, so I have Ooh, to go tots. Right. Okay. This man's playing the long game. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to go to Sup Dogs and eat there because you want everything on the menu. Right, so I right. see it as if I get a burger with fries on it, then I'll have burger checked off, fries checked off. I get tots as my side, I check the tots off. And then I add a dog, I check a dog off. I get everything on the menu. Yeah. This yeah. man is not playing around. He goes to sub dogs. He goes to eat. This man, <laughs> I, was, this I appreciate there. that. Leave him. He doesn't need to eat another calorie for the rest of the week. <laughs> right. I, I have a high metabolism, so it'll burn the next day. All right. Well, Deshaun, uh, we, we wanted to thank you again for hopping on. This has been a, a real blast for, for both of us. And uh, we, Absolutely. We wanted to not only thank you, but um, wish you the best of luck uh, going into uh, the season with Green Bay. Um, we're excited to see light it up there. Uh, see, maybe you'll return another hundred yard recept- and, interception. And, and from a Bears fan to a Packers player, don't okay. beat us up too much, man. Don't 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 beat up Mr. Biscuy too too much in the division. That's all I gotta say. Oh, we got you. We got <laughs> that, you. I'll let the boys know. But but yeah, see see return a hundred yard recept- interception and then uh, do a Lambo leap for us. <laughs> I gotta get the Lambo leap, man. All righty. Well, uh, uh, the show. I greatly appreciate you guys having me, man. Just, uh, just want to say that I appreciate it, and and this is one of the one of the better podcasts that I've been on for sure. Awesome, oh, yeah. we're, we're glad to hear that. Thank you. We're we're definitely leaving that in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, thank you again, Deshaun. Um, we'll we'll have to have you back on. Maybe absolutely. Maybe get you on with uh Jayhawk and and talk a little bit about 
his time at the Packers and talk about being a cornerback at ECU some more, okay? That's cool with me, man. All right. Thank you, thank you again, Deshaun. Once again, thank you to Deshaun Amos for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast today. Uh, we're really excited for that interview. We we had a great time talking to him. Um, Artie, what what was your thoughts of, of the interview with Deshaun? Oh yeah, great great interview. Uh, loved hearing his his spirit and his his tenacity towards the game. Uh, especially loved the fact that he's going back to ECU and talking to these younger corners and these younger safeties and the younger defensive guys because uh, I really think that's important to get that you know a lot of the older guys that put a real impact on the on the program come back and, and talk to them so uh, love the interview and make sure you guys listen to it yeah um, so thank you again to Deshaun um, Artie let's go ahead and let pe- the people know kind of what our plan is for the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, with everything how it, how it is um, everybody I've mentioned it a couple times I'm currently every Friday driving down three hours to Emerald Isle to uh, spend time with my family, with my wife, um, and then driving back to record a podcast on Sunday. So Memorial Day weekend, we're gonna we're gonna basically take the week off, but we're still gonna we're we're we've got interviews banked. Mm-hmm. We will have an episode. For we you. will have an episode. It'll be a it'll be a special episode. We're looking forward to it. We've got interviews lined up for that episode. Y'all will not want to miss these interviews. We're not going to name them just yet, mm-hmm. but we've got them. There's two ones, and let's just say one of them is a pretty big deal. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Just a little bit. <laughs> that's, all, a little bit. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Okay? Um, so, stay tuned for that. But next week, mm-hmm. we have a great interview that um, that I think all of y'all will look forward to and y'all will really enjoy. Yeah. Um, this guy... He is one of the funniest guys that I know that uh, played football at ECU, especially during that 2013-2014 era. Um, this guy, he, he's just a he's just a wealth of energy. Um, we had a great conversation with him. We're going to be dropping that interview next week. Um, that way we can kind of line up the next two interviews that we'll, we'll drop on Memorial Day weekend. So, Worth Gregory former punter at ECU. Uh, he coached for Utah State for a little bit, spent some time at NC State, even though we kind of glossed over that part on on um, the interview. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But, guys, this is a great interview. I'm looking forward to y'all listening to it. Super excited about it. Um, also, I will say that after we hopped off the interview, we've got big plans for the future content that we're going to create with Worth and with some other ECU football players. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he, he's going to really, he's going to really kind of lead and set the tone for that. Um, he's becoming a really good friend of the Boneyard podcast. So get, make sure to give him a follow. If you're interested in becoming a kicker, he does some uh, coaching clinics and he's a, he's a, he does some like camps. Uh, we were going to have him on next week, but mm-hmm. uh, he apparently he's got a camp next Sunday. So, um, we're, we're going to let him do his thing. But if you're looking to become a kicker, if you're looking to become a punter, check him out, send him a message. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be able to help you out some, some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but already, like we, like we mentioned at the start of the podcast today, yeah. uh, we told y'all it was going to be a shorter episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the interview. We talked, we talked about some news, 
Um, I think that's really all we got. All we got, yeah. Um, for today, but but I just wanted to say thank you to all the frontline people mm-hmm. for coronavirus. Everybody fighting on the front line. Um, also wanted to um, wish all the pirate mothers a happy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know this time is tough. A lot of people can't spend time with their family or yeah. um, their social distancing, but uh, call your mom, give her a zoom call, yeah. FaceTime or something. Um, if, if you're fortunate enough to be able to go see them, go see them. Um, even if it's not on Sunday, we know that this podcast will drop later, but we just want you to wish everybody from us at the Boneyard podcast, mm-hmm. a happy mother's day. All right. Artie, do you have anything else? Yeah, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't wish all the moms a happy Mother's Day out there. Uh, when we finish this up, I'm going to wrap up and go see my mom. So, uh, Michelle Mackle, happy Mother's Day to you. And uh, to all the pirate moms, to all the moms in general all across the nation and the world, um, happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I know we're you know facing some tough times, but that's no excuse to not pick up the phone and at least give your mom a call. So, uh, yeah. happy Mother's Day to all, all, all the special women in our life. Uh, I'll... Uh that up already with with my shout out since you did I, I didn't know we were doing some shout outs today but got to got to uh y'all my the mothers in my life y'all know that i love you i'll give you a shout out to my mom kimberly Brannick, my aunt uh christy moyer my aunt denise shaffet um great people also want to give a shout out to my grand my grandmothers ronna kennedy arlene Lyberg, and Patty Shaffit, um, mm-hmm. just wanted to give all of y'all a shout out. I know, I know, only a few of you listen to the podcast. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, but to those that aren't listening, Happy Mother's Day um, from us. And that pretty much wraps up everything. Remember to like, subscribe, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can find us on Google Play. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Casts, Pocket Casts, all, all of the other ones. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to like us, subscribe to us, follow us, make sure you do all that. All you got to do is search the Boneyard Podcast. That's where you'll find us. If you want to slide in those DMs, they're there. <laughs> all right. Um, you can also send us an email at boneyardpod at gmail.com. Um, that way you can... Let us know what we're doing. Let us know how, how we're doing. If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. We're, we're a podcast of Pirate Nation, all right? These vocals that coming through your car stereo, these are for you, Pirate Nation, all right? It's for you and for you only. For you. We love for you, your ears only. All right. So that's it. <laughs> we've, we've done enough filler. We, we, we've, uh, we've gone too long today. We're both fried. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a little hungover, to be honest. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Boneyard Podcast. We love you. Stay safe. And we out. Till next week, Pirate Nation. <laughs>